going on, everyone? How are you doing today? Uh, welcome to another episode of Unsolicited Advice. I am your host, Shlomo Aaron, and today we're going to talk about something uh, really cool. We're talking about cannabis real estate. Cannabis real estate is something uh, very, very unique. It's coming, it's new to, to the industry and it's a new asset class. There's a lot of mysteries, a lot of unknowns. And uh, today we're here to uncover all those mysteries and see what type, what, what to look at when we look at these properties. So just to start with, cannabis real estate is, in, is um, any piece of land or property that has some type of cannabis related business running out of it. That can be um, agricultural or on the retail side. And people, people look to buy this. And the reason why it's been catching the eyes of a lot of investors and a lot of capital goes into this is the starts with the scarcity part of, of real estate is, and it really boils down to the fact that when when you're coming to 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 buy a property, you'll you can really go anywhere. But when it, when you look at at weed and the cannabis sector, you can you're very limited in where you can put your property. It has to be a certain distance from schools. There's different. Every municipality has its own rules, and you really need to figure out where where you can go. So that's so once you once you have a specific location, there are very few locations like that. Um, if there are any other locations. So, so people like to invest in it because if you have a property that's, that is, has the ability to put a cannabis related um, tenant in there, then the property value is going to go up by a lot. And that's, that's really where, where investors look to put, put their cash when, when you, when that happens. So, um, the barrier to entry also is very high when you're when let's say a a operator of a cannabis industry of a can cannabis related business wants to open up when they apply for their license the first thing that they need to give is a an address of where they're going to operate out of and the, that address has to be zoned has to be properly properly zoned and when once once they give that once the the real estate is owned then they can they kind of get their license so again barrier to entry is very high which makes it once you actually if you actually have the property then your values are going to be much higher that's that's the that's why people would like to invest in it the other the, that's that that's on the real estate side on the then the investing side on the capital banks don't lend to um to the to cannabis related um business endeavors because it's illegal federally so if someone wants to get involved in in investing and they don't really want to go on the the real estate side there is the other side of of lending money for the operation of the business because uh cannabis related business will pay a premium for capital because they there is nowhere else to go there's basically a vacuum that has been created with this property that's really that's what it comes down to so now now we can jump into the next part is really what are you looking for when you're looking to invest in real estate 
So there's really two sides to go on to when you're, the first part is if let's say someone will want to buy a property with the idea in mind that they're going to put a cannabis related business inside that property. And then the other side is that they see a property for sale that already has an existing business in there, cannabis related. So what you're supposed, what you want to look for really is you want to look at the operator. Who is your operator? Um, there's a lot of different moving parts to a cannabis business more so than any other, any other retail space, for example. And you really want to figure out, you really want to know who the operator is and, and how are they, they accounting for their, their store sales. If you take, for example, when you look at uh, Taco Bell, you want to see who their operator is um, and who the, the franchisee is. That's That will get down to how many businesses they own. But when it comes down to a cannabis-related business, it, it gets a lot deeper. And you want to know that there are no – they have a full – operating statement and they have and they report all their sales and the other part is uh, when when you're doing a cannabis related business a lot of times though the rent all the business is done through through cash because it's still federally illegal they you're gonna you're gonna have to um see how how they report for their taxes because Usually, um, it will show that it's up to around 70% of, they'll pay up to 70% in taxes, which is extremely high compared to any other, any other business um, in, in the world, basically. So, so that's really what you want to look for. You want to see who their operator is and how, much, how, how do they account for all their expenses and, how, and what, where all their money is going to. Um, now, risks that are involved in, in something like this, um, there are a lot of risks and that's then, you know, the higher the risk, the higher the return usually. And that's definitely the case in this, in this, in, in this industry. So the risks are number one, obviously that it's still a federal crime to, to, to do this. Now, on the state level, it's t it's totally legal, depending on what state you're in, but it's still illegal federally. And you do run the risk of no matter no matter how small that risk is, there still runs the risk of being being um, being being prosecuted for a federal crime. We don't don't in my opinion, I don't think that's going to happen, but it, there still runs the risk of, of that of that happening. The, the next risk is when it comes to the business itself that's operating, they're getting taxed on the cost of goods sold. And as opposed to the, as opposed to the, the revenue. So they, so the, so that's going to affect how banks are going to, how a bank or, or an, uh, not, let's not say a bank, but how they would be financed. There, we're going to be looking at their operating statements different than any than other businesses, which we would look at their revenue. We're looking at at what they're being taxed on, really. So that that's really that's what it comes down to with the risks. Other risks are, you know, the 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 property the property that's involved in the real estate has a, a bigger has more risk. What I mean to say is that when when a 
when a business a cannabis related business is is running out of out of a, a certain parcel of land that what if the business doesn't pay their taxes that land ha, ha, runs the risk of being um being taxed or being charged and they could there could be a lien put on the land so that's something very that you really need to look out for when when buying a, when buying a a land that has real estate that has uh, cannabis real estate, you want to look for if the land is vacant. When you're negotiating the lease, make sure that the land that the land cannot be touched when it comes to uh, tax lien for the business. And and it's very important to, to understand that when that even if you don't own the business, you only own the own the land. You're still gonna you can still run the risk of being taxed if the owner of the business doesn't pay their pay their fair share of taxes. So make sure to, to when negotiating a lease like that to 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 look into that. And then the and then if you there already is a business in place, see what type of what what what's going to fall onto the landlord if the business owner doesn't pay his his taxes, his or her taxes. That is going to be very important. Um, and and that's really really what it comes down to. Now the upside of of investing in cannabis real estate or the highlights is um, finding is that finding tenants for a marijuana business is not that hard. There are a lot of business a lot of marijuana businesses that are looking for for real estate and a place to operate out of. And if a operator loses his license, the real estate doesn't 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 change. It's still legal to operate a cannabis business out of there. So what, so when you're, when, so that, so it's going to be very easy to, to replace a tenant. Another, another great aspect and upside is, and a huge value add when, when buying, when buying a cannabis real estate property, it doesn't have to be on the main road where the expensive real estate is. It can be on, on, on an off road. And reason being is that uh, marijuana is a destination and people will go to where the marijuana is as opposed to the convenience of it because there are very few places that are licensed to sell marijuana out of and if someone wants to go buy it they're going to go they're they're not necessarily looking for main for it to be on the main street they could be wherever it is so if you go to a side street that you could buy the real estate, get a license for marijuana, and now the price, is, the the value of the property is going to be much higher, and you didn't have to pay the main street prices. That's so that that those are two major upsides of of getting, of of investing in it. Now the next the next upside is is just the returns. The returns are going to be so high since it's a very untapped market right now. It's very new. A lot of people don't don't know much about it. And there are, are few investors that are, are are buying the real estate and getting getting these um, getting them zoned and getting and 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 putting these businesses in. Um, their returns are are exponential, and that's why that's why anyone does it does it. So th- those are the real upsides of of investing in these properties. Now, now we really want to discuss what's gonna, what's going to happen to these properties. And what are they going to look like? 
because there is the, there's two sides of marijuana. As you know, there's the recreational side and then there's the medicinal side. Um, I, there's this famous quote that if Pfizer would, 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 have, would, have, would find out, would discover marijuana today, they would call this the wonder drug. And it, it really is a, it's a, it has a lot of healing powers. So, so now when, when these stores are opening up, when these retail, retail shops are opening up or dispensaries, what are they going to turn into? Or is it going to look more like a, a pharmacy? Is it going to look like um, somewhere where you go to, to pick up your medical marijuana and it's not, and, and it's just, you know, you're going there for, for healing or the other side of this is, is it going to look like a bar? Is it going to look like maybe a vape shop where you're going there for leisure, recreationally? And and really, this comes down to every single state's going to going to look differently because because of their laws. You know, for New, example, New Jersey, there's six different types of licenses that that you can get for for mar- for to run a, a business out of uh, cannabis related business out of. So every single state's gonna gonna look different, and but we're gonna see we're gonna see two different types of of dispensaries coming out. We're gonna come out with we're gonna see the ones coming out that look more like a that look more like a a spa maybe not or a or somewhere where you're going for for medical for rehabilitation, and then the other then you're gonna see a, a lot of recreational places. You'll see a you'll see a dispensary that looks more like a bar or a vape shop where maybe they'll have a pool a pool table there or they'll have a lounge or somewhere that you can definitely where you can enjoy yourself and that's going to get going to lead into the next thing is um multi-tenant retail they're going to start have they're they're going to have um dispensaries in those as one of those tenants and there's and now you're going to want to know what type of what are the other tenants that are going to be in this set in the center and um and it's going to come and we're going to look at at what's a good tenant mix for a dispensary like what do you think would can go there um i just i'm i'm dealing with a property right now in that has a dispensary and and the the tenant mix is is gonna it's perfect and and if you like this, this, this is going to be really funny. There's a, a dispensary, a bar, and then there's two, uh, two cultural restaurants, and then there's food trucks all around. So that's like the perfect t- tenant mix. If you think about it, when you have a, you have your bar, people go to the bar, get some drinks, then they go to the dispensary, um, you know, get, get some, get some weed. And then they're going to all these all these other stores and and to to eat for food and it's a, and it gives a lot of synergy it makes it really beautiful it makes it nice it makes it a good environment and then the other the and then you could also have other tenants would be would be some type of activity people like doing activities once when they're you know when they're high so people so that's going to be a nice that would be a nice tenant to put into a multi-tenant retail center. Um, and then, and that's really what it comes down to. What, what we like about that, and that's really what we like about cannabis real estate. It's it's just such a great, um, it's it's just a great asset class to, to invest in. A great way to diversify your pro- portfolio. Great way to to tap into a market that people don't know much about. 
and that's that's what, why why we're here. Um, if you're interested in in investing in, in marijuana or in investing in cannabis real estate, definitely reach out to me. My email is shlomo at encorereis.com. That's S-H-L-O-M-O at E-N-C-O-R-E-R-E-I-S.com. Now for the last part of the, the show is unsolicited advice. My unsolicited advice to you is if you're investing in, in, in cannabis real estate, be proactive. When you but buying buying real estate like this, it doesn't, you're not going to, a lot of these stuff don't even come up onto the market. We're doing deals that they never hit the market because we just find, find, find someone that's looking to sell and it goes to, to the, it gets snatched up off the pre-market. So you have to be proactive. You have to, you have to stay on top of the game. Speak to, to your people, speak to, speak to your, your local, your legal counsel and find, find the property because these, these um, properties are, hard to find and they're not going to just show up on your lap like other asset classes that will show up. All right. And that's my cue to end, to end this episode. This was enough. Thank you for joining me for another episode of unsolicited advice. I will see you later. <laughs>